You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hello, hello, Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to the same old Dolphin show sponsored by BetUS, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Brain, here we are. It's Victory Monday. First place, baby. All alone atop the AFC East, your Miami Dolphins, just as I predicted on the show, Brain. I predicted this. I called it. Your money. I, You know, I should have put some money on it. I should have put some money on this, Brain. It would have been a smart idea. You should have gone to BetUS. I should have gone to BetUS, the sponsor of this program. I should have also put in the, the the bonus code dolphins talk and received 125 percent bonus i blew it i really blew it i could have made some serious bank hopefully you the listener didn't blow it and did make some bank by going to bet us and using the bonus code dolphins talk and hopefully you also have subscribed to the dolphins talk youtube channel and set the notifications thing to go off on your phone so you get an alert anytime we go live. We had a live show earlier tonight. We've got our show. We're going to have other live shows coming out throughout the week, so make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, and make sure you are also subscribed to the same old Dolphin Show anywhere you get podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, anywhere. Make sure you're subscribed. Leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a positive review. We appreciate it very much, and we always love to spread the love with the other Miami Dolphin fans especially on a Victory Monday, Brain. It's Victory Monday. Yeah, get hype. We got to get hyped when the Dolphins win. And here's the thing, Brain, we're going to dive right into it, okay? The Miami Dolphins win in the Gillette Stadium as road underdogs, got a hard-fought victory on the road against the New England Patriots team that they are currently viewed as relatively equal to, and it's a 17-16 to victory for the Dolphins. They got pretty good performance from Tua Tungavailoa. Not great, but pretty good. They get another vintage bend-but-don't-break performance from their defense, who yet again made the big play at the crucial moment when they really needed to. So, Brian, why? Why is a part of the Dolphins fan base upset the day after a big divisional win the first opening day win of the brian flores era brain why are these people upset because they're miserable (laughs) um but no to be to be perfectly honest uh there there's a couple of things here i mean it's a loaded question uh but one i think 
they've just they've learned it's learned helplessness like you're you're just uh why are we gonna get excited over a week one victory we've seen this movie before um i know that like you know you what you want to get excited but but you know we've seen this movie before so let's not let's by tempering our expectations you're you're protecting your heart from being broken which is you know a, a very you know I think reasonable strategy for a Dolphins fan, a jaded Dolphins fan. The other thing is I'm going to sort of look, I believe that this was a big win for the Miami Dolphins. Absolutely. It was a big win. Yeah. Look, it's a big win, but I also, you asked me the question on, on Friday's show, the preview show, uh, what is the most important thing that is going to come out of this season? And my answer to you was, we have to come out of this season knowing that Tua Tungavailoa is the Dolphins franchise quarterback for the next decade. So, we're going to watch him with a microscope. And the fact is that you watch this game, and while there were flashes of really good play, there were also flashes of really bad play. And there was, you know, an overwhelming sense that he looked a little bit mediocre and like, he, you know, he, he still played well enough to win. If he doesn't throw the, the really terrible interception, I think you're looking at it and saying that was a pretty good performance. That's right. But he did throw the really terrible interception. You it's can't true. take that away. That's so true. That's true. I That's thought fair. it was just a very, you know, mediocre performance. And if, and if you're being, if I'm going to sit here and say last week, or not even like a few days ago, if I'm going to sit here and say that the most important thing for the Dolphins this season, even more important than what their final record ends up being, is the play of Tua Tungavailoa, then I have to come out of this game just feeling kind of meh. And uh, I think that's where a lot of the negativity or a lot of the, you know, sort of apathy over this win is coming from uh, is just because... Tua did not meet, I think, some of the lofty expectations, and we can argue about whether or not that's fair, but the fact is, you draft a guy number five, he's you, you're starved for a franchise quarterback because we haven't had one since, you know, in about 25 years, because you could even take the last few years of Marino's career and say that really wasn't franchise quarterback material. He was, you know, well past his prime. And, you know, everybody hopes that this is going to be the guy. And the fact is, it was a very, you know, Tannehill-esque performance, which you know, might end up being fine at the end of the day. Uh, and you have to take into consideration that it's still only, you know, his second year, but we can't give him a pass. And I'm sure. not going to give him a pass. And I'm not going to give him, a, and I'm not going to play the whole, we won the game. So therefore, Tua played well. No, I'm going to grade him as such the way that objectively, the way that he played and understand that if not for, Yes, it was a clutch strip by Xavier Howard inside, you know, deep inside our own territory uh, that saved the play, that saved the game. But we very easily could have lost this game uh, and then we'd be and then Tua would end up being the goat. And I don't mean that in a good way. Right. But let's 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 rewind it a little bit. First of all, 
I, I get what you're saying. First of all, what, what would you give the letter grade for Tua on, on this game? Just overall, what would you give him as a letter grade on this game? Perfectly mediocre C. So you'd give him, you'd give him a C? Yeah. See, I think he was better than that. And I think you got to give him credit for a lot of the reads that he made. A lot of those, a lot of those, the, the money play for the Dolphins in this game. What was the money play that they kept coming back to over and over again in this game? I mean, this, you're, you're talking about the slant to the Devontae RPO Parker. slant to Devontae Parker. They went back to it over and over and over again. And that's Tua doing his thing. That's Tua looking and reading that defense and making the big and making the right pass, right? Sure, but it wasn't like it was a complex read or a tough throw. I'm, I, you gave him credit for making a throw, but I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, that's like MVP caliber stuff. Okay, but what about, I, but uh, here's what I'm saying. Later on, opening drive, all the way down the field. And then two options to keep the ball himself to run it in for a touchdown. It's a smart play, right? He's making good plays. Other than that, the, the really bad pass that led to the interception. Okay. It led to the interception. There's no, there's no denying that it was a, it was a bad, it was a bad decision by his part, right? He could have just eaten the sack there. But as we, as we've sort of talked about on this show many times before, Tua has a tendency to never give up on a play. And sometimes that bites him in the butt. In this case, that's exactly what happened, right? But other than that play, what can you point to to show me bad quarterback play? He threw a couple of ugly throws. I mean, there were a couple of deep throws that were just ugly. And then let's let's not pretend that every throw that he made that was completed was some great play by Tua. Now, yes, I'll give him credit. Last year, when he had man coverage uh, on, on Devontae Parker, he was less... Uh, you know, less uh, willing to let go of the ball and make that pass and give his guy an opportunity to make a play. But I mean, he throws a deep ball that's really out of desperation uh, to Devontae Parker on a third down and Devontae Parker just goes up and gets it. That wasn't like some great throw. Wait a minute. Was- are, you ta- are you talking about the pass to the sideline where, where Parker got his feet in and they? you thought that was a desperation pass? He put the yeah. ball in the only place Parker was going to get it. Yeah, but it wasn't like it was a high percentage throw. It requ- I'm not saying it was a bad throw. I'm just saying it wasn't <laughs> like some amazing pass. It was, I'm throwing the ball up and I'm letting my guy make a play. And, and that's fine, but it wasn't like, like, I mean, Devontae Parker had to make a tremendous play for that to be a complete pass. Right, but that, that ball couldn't and, have been somewhere else. Okay. Anyway, I'm, anyway, uh, this is, this is all, this is were, all besides there the were point. other, he wasn't great. And I'm not saying that he didn't make good throws. If he didn't make any good throws or any good plays, I'd give him an F. I'm giving Wait, here's, him a C. Here's if the he thing. If he doesn't throw the interception, if he doesn't throw the interception, he's probably getting a B. Yeah. I see. I, I give him a B on the game and it's, and it's the interception that brings him down to the B. I, cause I thought he, he played very well considering everything that was going on around him, right? It wasn't, it wasn't a great performance by any stretch of the imagination, but I thought that in the moment he played, uh, you know, a, a pretty good game. Yes. Did Mac Jones on the other side alter your perception? It probably did because he was playing in this very sort of game manager type mode and was operating in 
against this Dolphins sort of soft, very conservative sort of zone defense that they played for most of the game. And listen, Mac Jones, if I had to put those two quarterbacks right next to each other and I had to pick who was the better quarterback on the day, the answer is Mac Jones. Obviously. Right? The answer is Mac Jones. But it's not like Mac Jones was some brilliant quarterback in this game. Exactly. Exactly. That, that says but I'm it not all. The- you just said, you just said, it's not like Mac Jones played some brilliant quarterback, but he was still the better quarterback. So how, so what are we talking about? Well, that's, that's the thing. We're talking about a guy made his first NFL start against a good NFL defense and outplayed the guy that you're trying to tell me is like, you know, had this really good game. Like, just call it the way it is. He was was a solid game. He was fine. He was a solid game. It was mediocre. I give it a B. We scored 17 points. We had three scoring drives and as good as Tua played on those drives, let's, let's also Give the Dolphins coaching staff some credit because on those drives, the two touchdown drives, those are scripted drives where they schemed guys open and the reads were very easy. And that is one of the biggest takeaways in a pos- on a positive note that I'll take away from this game is that the Dolphins offensive coordinator and play caller, George Godsey, actually did a really nice job both coming out of the game or coming into the game with the first drive and then coming out of halftime with the opening drive of the second half, which those two drives won them the game. Well, let's come back to this because we could sit here and go back and forth all day, right? We could go back and forth all day because I I saw this performance as a little bit better than you did. We're talking about the difference between a C and, and a B. Right. It's not a significant difference. Right. But at the end of the day, this is what it comes down to. And I sent out a tweet right before the game to this extent, by the way, at Amplified to Rock on Twitter. It's right there. Uh, and he is at Aaron the Brain. Point to your name. There you go. Good. And Somewhere at Same Old Dolphins is the Twitter. Give us a follow. We appreciate it. Banter like this ensues regularly over there. Um, what I said right before the game is this is the NFL and this is week one. And the NFL is more so than any other sport is the place where fans and media alike take that one game and use that small sample size as, as something to make an enormous judgment on. Right. And I agree with you a hundred percent that by the end of this season, the Dolphins really need to know whether or not Tua is the answer because we can't find ourselves in the Tannehill, uh, you know, doldrums the way that we did, right? We can't be in that weird purgatory of, well, is he the answer? Is he not the answer? Like, you know, we can't be there at the end of this season. But this was one game, right? And it's one game where maybe we didn't get a definitive answer, right? Tua wasn't out there looking like Tom Brady, right? So you can't, we, you can't sit here and go, well, this, that one game is it. That's, you know, that, that's the argument for, for the Dolphins needing to sign Deshaun Watson, right? We've, we've seen it, right? That's it. It's over. You can't judge it by that one game. Come back, hit me up in, in January, and let's see where we're at. If I, I'll say this. If Tua puts in that exact same performance all season long, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Right. Well, I, it's not a problem one time. It's not a problem one time in wait September. Minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. First wait game minute, of the season. You just gave him a B. And it's not even bad. You just gave him a B. 
Right. It's a B. It's a B performance. But if, if he's a B all season long, I mean, I would take. But that I don't think that that's a B. Well, at any rate, let's let's come back to this argument at the end of the season and see where we're at regarding Tua. I thought it was I thought it was a perfectly fine game from the from the Dolphins quarterback. So that's that's all I have to say about and, that. And, and I'll just say this: Tua could have lit the world on fire and thrown for five touchdowns and not thrown an incomplete pass, and it wouldn't necessarily mean that he's the answer. Because, again, it's one game. But right. just call it the way it is. It was just a mediocre performance. We, it was good enough to win because the defense made a couple of big plays, and we did enough. And that's awesome because that is a big win. And that should be the biggest takeaway from this, even though, yes— the Tua thing is is over the course of the season is the most important thing. Over the course of the season, it's also going to be important to make the playoffs. And this game is huge in that regard because all expectations are the Patriots are going to be one of the teams that we're battling to make the playoffs with. And I got news 100%. for you. The demise of the Pittsburgh Steelers has been dramatically overrated. Well, uh, based on one game. Yes, based on one game in Buffalo to start the season. True. If you thought that the Steelers were somehow done, they went into Buffalo and dominated. So you look at the AFC North, if you were thinking coming into the season, the Browns are better than us, the Ravens are better than us, maybe we're as good as Pittsburgh. Well, right now, it's hard to say that we're better than Pittsburgh. So already... That leaves really just one wild card spot unless you're going to win the division, which makes next, which makes this win huge and next week's game that much more important. Absolutely. At the end of the day, this was an enormous division win for the Miami Dolphins on the road and they did it and it was probably, it was never going to be pretty, but they did what they needed to do and they got the win. Speaking of never being pretty, do you like playing with balls? I'm not talking about footballs. I mean your balls. And our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming, want to sh- want you to shave you. They're not going to do it. Your friends aren't going to do it. But they want you to shave your pubes with the Tom Brady of ball trimmers, the brand-new Lawnmower 4.0, only the GOAT technology for the greatest balls of all time. When you're going towards the end zone, make sure you use the right tools for the job and choose Manscaped, just like 2 million men worldwide who have trusted them. So join the movement with our exclusive offer by using code DolphinsTalk at Manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. You can get the Lawnmower 4.0. You can get the weed whacker for your ear and nose hair. You can get the ball deodorant. You can get the ball toner. You can get the boxer shorts, which are actually very, very comfortable. And they'll even give you a bag to keep it all in. If you go to manscaped.com, put in the promo code Dolphins Talk, you're going to save 20% off. You're going to get free shipping. So once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code Dolphins Talk at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code Dolphins Talk. Take your ball defense to the promised land. With Manscaped. You love those Manscaped ad reads, you know? I do. And those boxer shorts really are comfortable. They really are very comfy. They really are very comfortable boxer shorts. They do a, they do a good job. You know who else does a good job, Brain? Who's that? Miami Dolphins defense. 
I thought they had... I thought this was a vintage performance from this Miami Dolphins defense. This is exactly what they do, right? I thought they played, and, and I really thought it was interesting, particularly because it's game, it's week one. So they're kind of, it's a feeling out process, right? And I thought that they played, uh, relatively conservatively. They were not going to let Mac Jones beat him with a big play. So there was a lot of, a lot of sort of soft zone. And, uh, you know, and, and credit to Mac Jones. He took advantage. He was able to hit his receivers on those kind of short routes. I don't know what his, uh, I don't know what his ADT was in this game, but it, it seemed like he was throwing a lot of short passes and the Dolphins were kind of willing to give that up. And then it was just vintage, just bend, but don't break. And, you know, for the most part, they managed to, as every time the Patriots got into the red zone, the Dolphins defense stood up and made the stop. And the only time they didn't really make the stop was when they got a really lame roughing the passer call on a Landon Roberts who sacked Mac Jones. And like, I had no, like, what was he supposed to do on this play? He's falling down. The quarterback's there. He reaches eight. Is he supposed to just not try to sack the quarterback? Cause that's the only way. To make that play, like, that's the only way that he could, do, like, what, how is, how, what, how is he supposed to make a competitive play? It's, it's a really tough rule. Um, it's stupid. Because, and, 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 and it's, 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 my it's funny that it, it's funny that it happened against the Patriots because it is the Tom Brady rule, right? Yeah. That's, that rule came into existence because Tom Brady got hurt in the first week of the season back in, you know, 2008 or whatever, uh, because of a play like that where a defensive lineman went low when he, you know, was, you know, stepping into a throw and was defenseless and he tore his ACL. Um, so that's why that's there. And you have to understand that the NFL is going to protect their quarterbacks. They're their, they're their moneymakers. Uh, so uh, I get it. Um, the, the officials need to be a little bit better in that, you know, in that situation to, to make a better judgment, maybe they need replay on a, on a situation like that. So that like, if it is, cause it is a bang, bang play and it's incredibly difficult for an official that's being told, uh, you need to protect the quarterback and you can't, you know, let that go. So they throw the flag, but maybe you need replay on a play like that you know much in the same vein that they have like the targeting replays in college um you know just to get because at the end of the day you want to get the call right and that was not the right call and it potentially had uh, a huge impact on this game um but at the end of the day um yeah i mean it just it sucks for a landon roberts and the dolphins in that situation because really all you can really do at that point is try to not hit the quarterback and then sort of try to trip him up using just his arms, which would have been really awkward. And then we'd be killing a Landon Roberts saying, what the hell was that? What exactly. kind of Ole? Exactly. So you can't win in that situation if you're a Landon Roberts. But other than that, I thought this was a Dolphins defense that stood up and did a pretty good job. And listen, we know, we've talked about it on the show. This is not a dominant shutdown kind of defense. This is a defense that's going to bend, but it's going to ultimately stand up and make the play. And, you know, that's going to make you nervous because teams are going to get yards and teams are going to move the ball, right? But eventually they come up with the big play. And the other thing is, I remember I was as I was sitting here watching the game I kept thinking and I think and I probably tweeted it out a couple of times that gosh this run defense is going to be a problem this run defense is going to be a problem you know and I was worried about it and at the end of the day it ended up not being bad Damian Harris ends up rushing for 100 yards 23 attempts 100 yards on the day is what he ends up with but 
35 of those yards came on the first time he touched the ball. And after that, it was 22 carries for 65 yards. Not even three, it's not even three yards per carry. Barely, you know, it's almost three yards per carry. So from there, the Dolphins pretty much bottled up the run game after that one big run by, by Damian Harris. I think it was, it was frustrating because the Dolphins kept allowing the Patriots to get into these pretty, you know, third and manageable situations. And, and Mac Jones was taking advantage of it and he was finding his receivers and they kept converting. They kept moving the ball. But again, the Dolphins kept standing up and shutting down these Patriots drives once they got into the red zone. And so I think while at maybe it wasn't the most beautiful, most efficient defensive performance at the end of the day, giving up, allowing one touchdown on the road in Foxborough and forcing two turnovers, that's a pretty good day at the office for the Dolphins defense. A Dolphins defense that lost Raquan Davis right at the beginning of the game. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Davis was, it's good to see that Davis was ready to come in. <laughs> he stood there on yeah. the sideline with his helmet on, just yeah. waiting to come back in. And they, I guess they, you know, they just wanted to be cautious with him and they they held him out. Um I think overall the running the run defense could could have been better could have been worse. Um I think there's still shaky reps there. Um but but overall yeah I I tend to agree. They got off to a really shaky start and then uh seemed to get better uh, as the game went on. Um and I think but I think part of that uh was really that um New England got to a, a point where they were confident in Mac Jones because I think the Patriots absolutely came into this game trying to establish the run to make things easier. And they, once they got that, uh, and really forced the Dolphins to be honest and kind of put us on their heel, on our heels a little bit. Um, I think it made the game easier for Mac Jones and he was just responding every single time. So, uh, we didn't get this heavy dose of the running game that we saw. Uh, you know, last year when we played the Patriots, when they ran the ball about 50 times and just ran it down our throats and. You know, maybe that actually played to the Dolphins' advantage a little bit because when they got, you know, you know, they the, the Patriots had a couple of long drives, but they didn't really wear on us with the running game, uh, and maybe that allowed the Dolphins, you know, enough energy to kind of to 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 not break. I don't know. Either way, uh, the the defense did what they needed to do. I think they've got to play better. Absolutely. I don't think. We, we didn't play some juggernaut, juggernaut offense in this game. So, uh, yes, did we only give up 16 points? Sure. Uh, did we also, are we lucky that we only gave up 16 points? Because you could say what you want about it being a great play by X to get that turnover, but that's not going to happen every week. Uh, y- you know, the, you know, the, the Patriots easily, easily could have scored on that last drive. And then we're talking about how the defense couldn't get off the field on third downs. Sure. Um, because that was, that was an issue in this game. Uh, but it's going to get swept under the rug because they made two turnovers and the Dolphins won the game the same way Tua's play is getting swept under the rug because the Dolphins won the game. Uh, you can't just sweep these things under the rug. The Dolphins defense needs to play better. I don't think we got particularly good performances out of our linebackers. And I don't think our defensive line did a great job. Um, we schemed some pressures. Certainly Mac Jones 
Rose did a great job showing poise and pocket presence and getting the ball out quick. But we, you know, recording zero sacks for a Dolphins defense that came into this year and came into the offseason knowing, hey, we need to get some guys that can win one on ones, uh, to, to get, to get after the quarterback. Aside from a couple of reps from Emmanuel Ogba, it was relatively non-existent except for the blitzes. And Miami has to blitz 46% of the time, which is going to leave those gaps in the middle of the field. So until Miami is able to consistently win these one-on-one battles to, to actually get pressure without blitzing, um, it's going to leave some gaps on the defense, and the defense is not going to be as dominant as you want it to be. Yeah, and I think that's right, and I think that's fair. So I, th- I think there's it's interesting and some interesting thoughts from Kevin Dern on the Dolphins Talk Weekly podcast, which was released today on the Dolphins Talk uh, podcast network. So I encourage everybody to check that out as well. Talking about how, you know, it's early in the season. So the Dolphins are working on trying to figure out some things schematically defensively, you know, on, on the defensive side of the ball, they're trying to find out which pairings work most efficiently and trying to figure out the best way to get pressure on the quarterback without having to bring blitzes. And that's something that the Dolphins are figuring out. As we said, it's week one. It's kind of a feeling out process. You haven't implemented everything yet. Um, and you're, you're working towards it. And I think it's clear to say that the defense was a work in progress today for the Miami or uh, on Sunday, rather for the Miami Dolphins. And listen, they, it was, it was a work in progress, but it was classic bend, but don't break Miami Dolphins defense. They forced the turnovers. Uh, Xavier Howard, you didn't hear his name called a whole lot in that game because he was doing a heck of a job covering some underwhelming New England Patriot receivers. Uh, so I thought it was a very good game for X, very efficient because you just didn't throw the, didn't really throw the ball his way, but he came up and made himself known at the end. And he's the man that said, Hey, you're going to pay me and I'm going to, I'm going to play for you. And that's a really good thing. So you like to see that. On the other side of the ball, Brain, Dolphins had the offense, and I think, you know, the bright spot offensively, the big one, I think, to take away is, hey, Jalen Waddle getting involved. You know, when you, when you see that young man out there and he got his first touchdown and I was just sitting there going, waddle, waddle. because I was fired up. I was fired up when anytime he caught the, anytime Jalen Waddle catches a pass, I'm sitting there going, waddle, waddle. it's so good. It's so good. I love it. And it was just great seeing him get involved. I, w- I would love to see him uh, implementing some b- a bit more motion and getting some more movement involved. And I think we're going to probably see that as as time goes on. But I thought that uh, Jalen Waddle's impact on the game was was pretty immediate when it comes to this Dolphins offense. Because, I mean, really think about the, the nine games that Tua started last year. You didn't see the Dolphins get anywhere near the, I mean, I thought they were like really stretching the field today because Tua didn't really have a whole lot of time to throw the ball, but he certainly was, was taking a few more shots on Sunday than, than he did, you know, most of last season. And that's, that is a tribute to the impact that Jalen Waddle made on the game. Yeah. And what I'll say about Waddle, uh, is excuse me, who? Yes, him. Um, what I'll say about uh, Waddle that really impressed me uh, was not just, uh, you know, his speed, because you knew about his speed and his ability to get open, but um, one, him going up and making a really nice contested catch, 
got it. You can't drop that easy one though. Um, don't forget about that. You can't drop that one. But also on his, I believe it was his first catch of the game. Uh, dude is hard to bring down. I mean, he, he is, uh, he is fight. He's bigger than I thought that he was really, uh, or he plays bigger than he is. Um, and that, that could make for some really exciting run after the catch. Uh, this offense could be really, really, really exciting starting next week when you consider how good Waddle looked, how good Devontae Parker looked, and that you're going to add in Will Fuller, who just based on money and production should really end experience should really be the best receiver on this roster this season. Uh So, and then here's the other thing that I want to say about the offense. Obviously we've covered it to extensively. We just talked about Waddle Parker had a really nice game. Um I guess we could talk a little bit about the offensive line, but what I really think is not getting talked about enough is that, the Dolphins got the ball with a little over three minutes left in the game, deep in their own territory, up by one point. The Patriots had all three timeouts left. The Dolphins needed to not just get that first first down. That's right. But they needed to not allow the Patriots to get the ball back. And they did that. And they did it. Not not totally on the strength of Tua, even though he had the one nice pass to Devontae Parker. They really did it by running the ball against a Patriots defense that should be pretty good defending the run. So that is a huge, huge improvement for this Miami Dolphins team that in a situation where you need to run the ball and the other team knows that you're running the ball, and they're pretty good and they've been winning in the trenches all game long, you still managed to do what you needed to do on the ground to not allow them to get the ball back. That is a huge win, not just for the running backs, but for this offensive line and for the team in general. I don't think it's being talked about enough because that is how you win football games in this league. It was it was really great to see. And there, was a, there were a few things that I think have gotten some consternation from Dolphins fans primarily because I think there is still some shell shock from what the Dolphins did last season. Um, I think there is some, there is some shell shock from the Dolphins having Jordan Howard and Matt Breida who could do nothing running the ball, some shell shock from Tua getting pulled out of games to have Ryan Fitzpatrick come in at the end. So when you see Jacoby Brissett come in on third and short to run a QB sneak, you've got some people that are worried about it. Whereas Jacoby Brissett is a much bigger guy than Tua and He's going to be able to run those kind of plays. And the thing is, it's not like if you're looking at that and you're thinking, well, the Dolphins are always going to just bring in Jacoby Brissett to run the ball on on third and short just to get the first down. That's the setup for something else that's going to come down the line. Right. And they're mixing it up. And if it's if it's going to be Brissett comes in just for that kind of gimmicky type stuff or just to run the ball and, and to push over the pile to get the first down, I'm completely fine with that. And. When it comes to mixing in the other running backs, I thought the Dolphins did a really great job of that as well. I thought Savan Ahmed looked really good, really bright, really fast coming out of the backfield. I thought, uh, listen, 
Miles Gaskin had a great game, you know, by you know, by his standards, it's it's him doing the things that Miles Gaskin does. And then the other guy is Malcolm Brown, who if he's just going to be the short yardage back who's going to move the pile and he's going to move forward and he's like that kind of guy who's always going to get you the 3 or 4 yards that you need to get. That's exactly what he did on that last drive. He came in. He's taking snaps, running. I I don't know. You know, I know some people are like, ah, no, I don't want to see the Wildcat, but I didn't have any problem with Malcolm Brown taking snaps on the Wildcat to run the ball and to get a few yards to throw off the Patriots and get a new look. I thought the Dolphins mixed things up in just the right way. It didn't feel like it was too much. It didn't feel like it was like, what are you guys doing? Stop screwing around. It felt like it worked and complemented what the team was trying to do offensively. And, you know, at the end of the day, it helped them get the job done, particularly on that last drive, which, and and listen, I don't want to bring it back to this, but remember, two have found that really great pass to Devontae Parker after the holding penalty earlier on that drive that looked like it might have been a drive killer for the Dolphins. Or it may not have been, a, it may have been the illegal man downfield uh, on Kindley. Uh, late in the game where the Dolphins were looking to get that big first down and uh, there was a penalty, moved the ball back, and then Tua found Devontae Parker on that big pass to get a first down on a, on a long yardage situation. The, the offense was efficient in this game. It wasn't pretty a lot of the times, and there were some times where you were left sort of scratching your head, but when it came time to get the job done and win the game, the Dolphins got the job done and won the game. And this is what I'll say about uh, both Malcolm Brown and Jacoby Brissett. First off, Jacoby Brissett, you can say what you want. Oh, it's gimmicky, blah, blah, blah. It worked. It did work. He he ran twice and both times he got the first down. I mean, he's, he's batting a thousand. He, he's Lusaka polite right now. Like, I mean, Jacoby, Jacoby polite. Like, so, I mean, he, he's doing, he did what he needed to do. I mean, there's going to be some people that are going to talk about that, you know, that false start penalty where we, we left Jacoby Brissett in the game and we were trying to draw the Patriots offside. We knew that we were going to play, we were, we were going to call timeout there. Um, you could call that a stupid play or stupid play call. You could question the, the clock management from Brian Flores. I think those are all fair criticisms, but. The dumbest thing in that play is really just Eichenberg jumping because the fact is that everybody on the Dolphins needs to know the ball's not being snapped. So there's no reason for, for Liam Eichenberg to move there. You know that you're either getting a defensive penalty or you're calling timeout or you're getting a delay of game. So that, I mean, that was whatever. I think it was negligible. They might not try to overthink things a little bit, uh, as much going forward. As for Malcolm Brown, Look, he averaged 3.2 yards a carry, which makes him a little better than three times better than Jordan Howard. That's right, baby. (laughs) Malcolm, three yards. I'll take it. Yeah, that's all you need him to do, baby. That's all you need for Malcolm Brown to get you those hard-fought yards. He got you the hard-fart yards for the hard-fart victory. It's a big one. It was a good game. I, I Listen. The Dolphins did what they needed to do offensively. It, that was really great. I loved it. And how about Jason Sanders hitting a 48-yard field goal? The best kicker in the National Football League. And I will hear nothing in opposition of that. He's the best kicker in the league, period. 
Hey, until, I mean, the dude's earning his money. That's all I'll say. Hey, you know, he's a money kicker. He's the goat, the right leg of God, Jason Sanders. Brain, uh, let's talk a little bit about the offensive line. I thought they had an okay, da- an okay game, just like everybody else. Some ups and downs, some good moments here. Liam Eikenberg, I thought, had a good, pretty good game. The worst play of the game for him is, if you take a look back on it, he gets stepped on and tripped by his own man, and that's why he gets beat so badly on it. Um, the play where he really allowed a, a, what looked like a jailbreak sack live. So, I mean... I thought it was a pretty solid game from Liam Eikenberg. I think there exists a possibility that we have our new left tackle and that we see more of Liam Eikenberg and maybe Austin Jackson doesn't get that job back. I don't know. But uh, what, what, did, what were your takeaways from the offensive line here before we kind of wrap things up? I mean, all things considered, you hear that uh, Austin Jackson's not going to play in this game. Obviously, it's not like Austin Jackson's been some world beater, but you had to be very concerned going up against the Patriots who have a bevy of guys that can get after the quarterback. Uh, it was going to be problematic, and there were times where they were overmatched in this game. But overall, I thought they did a decent job. And at this point right now, I think that's, that's what you can hope for is that on most weeks they will do a decent job and that we will find ways to scheme around that uh, to, to get the job done and to do enough with a team that's going to lean heavily on the defense keeping their opponents below 20 points. Um, the, the offensive line obviously is still a huge question mark. I don't believe that Liam Eikenberg is going to play left tackle because I don't believe that Austin Jackson can play anywhere else on the offensive line. And I think you want to get both of those guys. You don't want to totally give up on Austin Jackson at of this course, point. I think it's not. too, I think it's way too early to do that. Absolutely. And you're not trying to move his position. Liam Eikenberg didn't even play at left tackle at any point this training camp or preseason. So, you, you know, it, kudos to him for going in there and playing a decent and doing a decent job filling in at left tackle. But I don't think he's playing left tackle the rest of the season if the Dolphins, uh, you know, can help it. I think what he made a case for is that he should be starting at right tackle and that Jesse Davis goes back to being the swing tackle. And then we'll see what Eichenberg can do at right tackle, what Jackson can do at left tackle. And hopefully this offensive line can begin to gel and come together because they need some continuity really is what they need because they really haven't had it this entire offseason. And if if they're trying to get the best five out there, I think it's it's probably – uh, Jackson, Kindley, Dieter, Hunt, and Davis. Uh, I, I still think we need an upgrade at center. And I was holding my breath when, when Michael Dieter went down. Um, but look, it is what it is. We're just not, we don't, we're not, we're not there yet. We're not all there. It's still, we, we neglected to really invest in that position this offseason. So Michael Dieter is going to get his fair shot at, earning this job long-term. I don't think he's the long-term solution, but if he can do a decent job, I think this offensive line could gel together uh, if the tackles can just hold up. It's, it's going to be a question all year long. I think Dieter did a, a pretty good job, all things considered. I thought it was a pretty good performance from Michael Dieter. Again, I it's not like this is, it, listen, this is not some great dominant offensive line, but I think they largely did a pretty good job. 
um, in this game. So again, some ups and some downs, but like everything else, it's a work in progress and we're going to see where it goes as we, as we move forward through the season. And I, I, I said, I think in the last episode of this show that this is an offensive line that has not reached its final form yet. And we're going to, it's going to gel and move around and things are going to shift around as we move through these first few games. And I think by the time we roll into that second week of October, we're going to begin to have a much better idea of what this team is. And the thing is now we've got this big win, this huge, Huge divisional win on the road against New England. And we, again, cannot understate how important this win is. It kicks off the season, puts everybody in a positive mindset. Well, you would hope puts most people in a positive <laughs> mindset, mindset, you know, early in the season makes you feel pretty good. And then from there, you now have this victory over the New England Patriots and you go into this game against the Bills with an opportunity to really kind of put a stranglehold on the division and I mean not a really a stranglehold on the division it's early but if you can go 2 and 0 against the AFC East your first two weeks of the season and the Bills who are the odds on favor to win the division are 0 and 2 with a division loss and two conference losses that's a pretty good place to be now, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We're going to be back later this week to talk about the Bills game. The Bills having lost that game to Pittsburgh, having looked very underwhelming. You want to talk about small sample size? Let's talk about small sample size. I'm pretty sure that the Bills are better than what they showed on Sunday against Pittsburgh. Just like I'm sure that the Green Bay Packers are better than what they showed on Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. Just like the New Orleans Saints are not nearly as good as what they showed on Sunday against the Packers right? It's small sample size. It's one game. You can't use that to draw these huge conclusions about everything else. That being said, the Bills are going to come off of that underwhelming performance. They're going to be very upset and knowing that they don't want to go 0-2 to a team like the Dolphins that could be at 2-0 sitting on top of the division. This becomes a very, very big game for the Buffalo Bills coming in to South Florida to take on the Dolphins. So we're going to get into that game later this week, and you're going to have two more chances to hear from the brain and I, because if you missed the announcement on our last show, starting this week, Thursday nights and Friday mornings, you're going to hear the brain and I on the DolphinsTalk.com daily podcast, in addition to our regularly scheduled episode of the same old Dolphin show that you will hear every Thursday. So on Thursday nights going forward, get hyped, everybody. I'm going to be doing DolphinsTalk.com daily, going to be doing the same old Dolphin show and pick six with David Behrman, which is exclusive to the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. So once again, a reminder, like this video, take a quick moment, hit that thumbs up, click subscribe. And uh, make sure you turn the notifications on so that you know when we go live. Brain, anything else you want to share with the people about this game? Look, at the end of the day, the the overwhelming take needs to be this was a huge win. That's right. This was a road game against a team that most are projecting to be in the playoff picture. Uh, even if you are projecting the Dolphins to make the playoffs, you have to realize that the Patriots are one of the teams that are, they are going to be competing with for that 
last wild card spot or one of the last two wild card spots or hey if your if your goal is winning the division and you think the Dolphins could win this division well you better win your division games too so and no, no matter how you slice it it's huge to get a road W it's huge to get a road W against a divisional opponent and to do it against a team that you look you're coming in as an underdog and you're winning those games like you're, you want to win the games that you're supposed to win, but it, to be a playoff team, you also need to win the tough games that you're not expected to win. And all you had to do was really listen to the, to the national media all week long and look at who everybody picked. Like, like 80% of the people that were picking this game picked the Patriots to win that game. So you gotta feel good because it was a big win. That said, it is a small sample. You can't go overboard. We have seen this movie a million times and you can't just sweep the negatives under the rug. You have to take the entire picture. This was a good first win and we'll take it from there and we'll see how it's going to go because even though the NFL season does fly by, it's it's not decided in a week. Absolutely. And you're always going to get honest talk and honest opinions from us here at the same old Dolphin Show, no matter what happens. So thank you, as always, for joining us. We will be back on Thursday for DolphinsTalk.com Daily and the same old Dolphin Show. But until then, make sure you follow us at Amplify to Rock, at Aaron the Brain, at Same Old Dolphins, Facebook.com slash Same Old Dolphins. Give us a like over there. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the Same Old Dolphin Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere that you find your podcasts. And leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a review, too. We appreciate it. We appreciate all of you for joining us, whether it's live on YouTube, hi YouTube, or if it's on demand in podcast form after the fact. We thank you very much for joining us and we look forward to the next time. Until then, take care of yourselves and each other. We will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins!